Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, I'm alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. July 31st, a prayer for all seasons. God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 125. The power of this prayer is overwhelming in that it is simply beauty parallels the AA fellowship. There are times when I get stuck while reciting it, but I examine the section which is troubling me. I find the answer to my problem. The first time this happened, I was scared. But now I use it as a valuable tool. By accepting life as it is, I gain serenity by taking action. I again, I gain courage, excuse me, and I thank God for the ability to distinguish between those situations I can work on and those I must never, I must turn over. All that I have now is a gift from God. My life, my usefulness, my contentment, and in this program, the serenity enables me to continue walking forward. Alcoholics Anonymous is the easier, softer way. Amen. Welcome to do my podcast. And this is an incredible reading. Like I said, it squared me away. Something I was looking for in life, all of my life. I was looking for a system that I can put my faith in, a program. I was always wondering about the program in the churches, programs in uh, physical fitness, schedules, schools, programs, programs in, in going to junior college and finding that they had a similarity of program. But I had a bigger problem with that. I didn't know how to do life and do life successfully with God until AA came around. And with that, I'm going to give us a treat today and read a story. One of my favorite stories is reading something from the uh, grapevine. A random story, and I'll pick out a book. Uh, this one, where we got November 2019, A.A. Grapevine. And the story on this one is called Crayons, Cookies, and Kisses. With steps, coffee, and basket of toys, some California mothers stay sober together. Having been around these rooms for some time, I have formed and rejected many opinions regarding special interest groups in the hall, hollow halls of Alcoholic Anonymous. I would like to share an experience that began as a special interest group, but has grown into something none of us ever imagined, a very important anchor in the lives of a bunch of moms trying to stay sober. I found the doors of Alcoholic Anonymous and a a couple of months later, found that I was to be a mother for the first time. There was no direct connection between those two events, except that my sponsor and I shared the joke that this must be my highest power's way of having healthier babies into the world and teaching me some lessons in humility. As a newcomer, I was showing, showered with love, attention, and models about keep coming back no matter what. I grew, matured, leveled out, and loved back while becoming a devoted member of my home group. When my baby was born and my need for meetings was even greater, I began to run into a problem. 
Children aren't always welcome in AA meetings. That includes women's groups. Financially and practically speaking, there are conditions to being a parent that are not unique to me that can challenge a meeting schedule. Childcare, for one, is very expensive. Many newly sober mothers have husbands who are in the program as well and having meeting schedule problems of their own. Still, others are single parents with tight budgets. I know that it is disconcerting for some people to be around small children anywhere, let alone in a meeting. For a new mother, intolerance to her children can be frightening at times, madding at others, and frustrating at best. Guilty and angry from time to time over the, this intolerance. I finally found out necessary to practice the principles of the program in one more area of my life. I decided to take positive actions. I began a meeting we call Mothers in Sobriety. It is a closed, non-smoking meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. We have everything every, every other meeting has, including the 12 steps, traditions, coffee, lots of love. We also have anywhere from 12 kids running around the room at any given time. Our format is simple. After the steps are read, prayer, prayers prayed, announcements made, we pass out the basket of toys, paper, coloring books, crayons, cookies, and kisses for all. If things get too loud or crazy during the meeting, someone takes the offending party for a walk, a hug, a visit to the powder room, it is a special meeting indeed. It is a place where a mother can come where she is always welcomed with open arms in spite of the fact that her arms are filled with a loud, sticky two-year-old who is cutting teeth. There is more love in this particular room than at any other meeting I have ever been. And I have been in a few thousand of them over the years. We even have a rather special meeting time, 10 a.m., we found that this is a good time for mothers and children alike. We are fresher and calmer at this time than at the usual meeting times. Being sober mothers is important to most of us, and we are determined to give the mothering part our best shot. Bedtimes, mealtimes, bath times are special times for us and make for some of the more demanding parts of the job. When we are always racing off to a nighttime meeting, these compete unfavorably with those intimate times with our children that fly by too quickly and are so important for healthy relationships. This may sound selfish up to this point, but this is a selfish program. I now have to confess that the joke is on me. Though my motives for beginning the mother's group were a bit murky, I have to tell you all about the wonderful byproducts of this meeting. We have had a daddy show up who needed to talk to a bunch of mothers about some difficulty he was having being a single dad trying to make it in the program and raise his kids in a loving atmosphere. We have single women come to our group on a regular basis. They want to know how it works. Living with these children as sober alcoholic mothers, it is no easy road for any mother. An alcoholic mother often brings skills and to parenting that are better left behind. These single women have the presence of mind to know that they can use some hands-on experience before venturing into parenthood. We have had retired preschool teachers and nurses who come because they miss the honest, open-minded, and noisy sharing that only small children seem to have naturally. We have grandmas with absentee grandchildren that they miss, so they are able to unload some of their experience, strength, and hope Hug, kisses, and common sense on the grateful mothers and babies in our group.
We have mothers learning to love themselves by watching other mothers deal with their own children in a loving, caring way. We are seeing each other grow in ways that will be skirted in more traditional settings in AA. Last but certainly not least, we have newcomers and old-timers alike coming to us just to be mothered a little. They know that we always have a lot of kisses, hugging, slobbering, and crying at our meetings. The babies aren't the only ones getting into the act. Sure, we are a unique bunch. Sure, we live in Southern California where we have the reputation for being a little off the wall. Like many things from the Sunshine State, we think we have something special. We encourage and challenge you all to reach out to the mothers in your group and let them know how very special they are. The idea of having a group such as this is not new. Having families get sober and learn this program together goes back to the first meetings at Bill and Lois' house. We like to think that our meeting is smiled upon by our higher power and the founders of this wonderful gift called Alcoholic Anonymous. DB from Carlsbad, California. This is a reprint from September 1987. What a wonderful thing that is. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I have been in groups in West Sacramento where they had a room, two little rooms in there with all kinds of toys and papers and kids, and there was always one adult in there. And boy, they made a lot of noise. And then in East L.A., uh, they had a back room for all the children went, and all the children looked look forward to it. I myself once uh, took the children on the corner there and started drawing with them while the single mom shared the meeting, and it was silent in the meeting, and the, and the tears and the joy, and the children and I having our own meeting on the corner. I remember one of those special meetings, a five-year-old blonde little girl. She looked at me and she said, what have you, what did you not get when you were a little kid and that you always wanted? And I thought, that's a pretty strange question from a five-year-old talking to a 45, 50-year-old. And I, I said right away, well, an airplane, you know, model airplane or anything that came to my head. Then I sat there and something from the inside of my heart, from deep in my stomach, came out. And I blurted out, my dad, my dad. There was a hatchet in, in my hurts, heart to hearts, deep ender, that finally came out. It was one of the reasons I was flying off the handles in jobs and relationships. When romance came around, couldn't handle love. I had a deep hurt that my dad left. Alcohol took him when I was six years old. I think the last time I saw him, I saw him once when he was about, I was about seven or eight. And then I saw him another time when he was about 10 or 11. And then that was it. And he looked pretty raggedy when I saw him. Pretty raggedy, like bum, khaki pants, and, uh, and hunchback. All right, well, let's move along pretty good right here. Now, let's shift gears and go to uh, my uh, sponsor, see what he's got to say. Actually, he's, he's all of our sponsors, the ones who have um, God as our higher power. It's uh, King Solomon. And what's today, the 31st? We have 
Actually, these sayings are from King Lemuel. It says, O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol. For if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. And for us dads, the poor and the helpless are our children. We go guzzling wine in the in in the rooms in the party rooms and so forth, and forget of the loving children at home. So, all right, and now we switch over to what is a wife of noble character. Verse ten it says, "Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies." Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lambs burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own best dress. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deep public publicity declare her praise. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Amen. And that goes, Fernando Alcoholic. Kudos to all the women out there that have to work and deal with life after the, the storm, after the destruction of alcohol and dreams, and continue to keep the, the integrity of raising the children, paying the bills, and being effective. Thank you, ladies. And thank you, Elanon, for for the uh, construction, the uh, format, constructive information that gives life a rewarding life. 
Folks, we're no different than an incubator. We put good words in and good results come out. That's why the 12-step program works so well for me. I eat and, and those words, I put them in my in, incubator and they produce what they say they produce. Life. Happy, joyous, and free by doing the steps, doing the program. Let's go ahead and pray out, please, with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Greetings, family. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Fernando. I am an alcoholic and your secretary for this meeting. Let's go ahead and open the meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. The 12-step program is a fellowship of men and women that consists of helping each other Stay dry, be above board, be responsible, be helpful to oneself, the community, and the group. So let's get on with it. I want to thank God that you're here. I thank God for my sobriety. I thank God that uh, today's reading from Daily Reflections, aa.org, it's free. It says, Anonymous Gift of Kindness for July 29. Anonymous Gift of Kindness. That title right away pops up that God is anonymous with us. God is anonymous with grace, with second chances, with strength and love, inspiration, enthusiasm. God is anonymous. Hello, could have had a V8, figured that he was behind all the... uh, the near misses, the countless near misses, he was behind all that. Yes, God has done a lot of things for me, and I went unappreciated. Indifference, anger, resentment, uh, stomping my feet like a little kid in the market because I couldn't get my $2 lollipop as an adult. And if you if you put my actions in a computer... And you ask the computer, what age is this person? And they'll say, well, either the person's mentally deranged or he's about seven or six years old. (laughs) And that's under the alcohol influences, people. And we know from experience that that rings a cowbell. Where is my cowbell, by the way? All right. Well, let's go ahead and get moving here. As active alcoholics, we were always looking for a handout in one way or another. 12 Traditions Illustrated, page 14. The challenge of the seventh tradition is a personal challenge, reminding me to share and give of myself before sobriety. The only thing I ever supported was my habit of drinking. Now my efforts are a smile, a kind word, and kindness. I saw that I had to start carrying my own weight and to allow my 
new friends to walk with me because through the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions, I never had it so good. I thank God for AA. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I drink fellowship, laughter, and joy in the meetings. But one thing that reminds me here is to be uh, prepared to hit a meeting. In other words, hit my knees, pray, bring a dollar, get plenty of rest, hit my knees, pray, and study, and do something like this before I, I hit a meeting to get into the literature before I arrive, so I got something to give back. Amen. All right, I'm holding in my hands a grapevine. Let's go ahead and read that, please. Let's shift gears. This is from November 2019. It says, Three days to freedom. They cried, laugh, and share secrets in a picnic table on the prison yard. His life was changed forever. Looking back, I can see now that my recovery has been a process, not a single event. On a few occasions, a judge gave me a nudge in the direction of AA by requiring that I go to a few meetings and get a piece of paper signed. But none of these attempts work and my life continued in a downward spiral. I eventually got to the point where I wanted some help. At least I thought I wanted help. But my idea of recovery at that time was to go to AA speaker meetings and only listen to people talk about how much better their lives got after they quit drinking. I was sure that if I didn't drink, my life would be great too, but I didn't ever seem to hear the word sponsor or higher power or steps. I thought those things were for everybody else, not me. I continued to go to only speaker meetings, and eventually my mind told me that it would be okay for me to sell drugs as long as I wasn't using them. Eventually, my decision to sell drugs led me to the federal prison. During four years in prison, I actively participated in a prison recovery program. If I completed the program, I would have a year and a half removed from my sentence, but even with that possibility, I could still not stay sober. One day while standing in line at the Chow Hall, Hall, a friend of mine, Paul, told me that the greatest gift that he'd ever given himself was working the 12 steps of AA with a sponsor. Let me read that again. One day while standing in line for Chow, a friend of mine told me that the greatest gift that he ever given himself was working the 12 steps of AA with a sponsor. I knew that Paul had at one time owned beautiful homes, nice cars, and all the kinds of things that I thought would make me happy. So if he thought this AA thing was the greatest thing, I figured it had to be worth something. I don't know if it is because I am so selfish that what I heard Paul say was self and gift, and that was enough to get me interested. I asked Paul to be my sponsor, and my journey began. Paul asked me if I knew what a sponsor did, and I said no. He said we were going to read this book together, and when we came to a step, we would take it. He laid out the drill, and I was willing. He gave me a chapter to read, and then we would read it together. I remember when we took the third step. I felt like I was just going through the motions. Then we got on the fourth step, which I worked on diligently. Then the day came for Paul and me to do the fifth step. We sat at a picnic table over the course of three days. That is where my life changed. 
Two grown men sitting in a prison yard, crying, laughing, and sharing our secrets. There was vulnerability there, and I was changed. I was changed. God was with us out there in the yard. After taking a fifth step and continuing to work the steps, I became freer than the people on the outside. I would talk on the phone. I have now been sober since October 29, 2010. I had 45 more months left to continue my sentence until I was able to attend a meeting in the free world. How awesome, grateful, and thankful I was for those people who brought AA meetings into the institutions where I was. I was so thankful to have had a foundation of recovery when I came home. I was able to complete my probation and to become a productive member of society. My life is lived with the principles of AA. What I wouldn't do to somehow go back and take that picnic table home with me. Because that is where my life changed. Paul was right. Working the steps of AA with a sponsor has truly become the greatest gift I could ever give myself. I know now that I can pass Excuse me. That I can pass the gift to someone else. I know Richard T. Billings, Montana. Once you make the decision, and once I, Fernando, start looking for ways to do uh, the sp- sponsorship, I I just realized that I hooked up. I was in a, p- a prison like this, and we had a meeting. And I always think about that uh, that picnic table. My picnic table, my experience, you know, and, and the guys that I didn't know, and we only had a few days to, people were coming and going to make um, a spiritual meal out of that time and have a changed life, and that's what happened. I was there in that Bob Wire institution with all the guys and the, and the police with, with the highway patrol, whoever they were with their guns, and we were there, and the fights were in there, and the injuries, and the chaos. But we got God's purpose. The people that were I was supposed to touch, and the other people that, that touched me, in a nice sense, guys. <laughs> we, we communicated with the purpose of spirituality, changed souls. Souls that were carrying something heavily. I remember the guy, their souls were so worried about a certain thing, and uh, we all got, we were able to turn it over, turn it over in the prison yard. Amen. It sounds so dramatic. Mine, mine I don't know what it was, but it certainly was a compound like uh, prisoners because they had quantum, quantum, uh, and they had, uh, you know, bob wires and the whole bit. All right, moving right along, I'm going to see what our sponsor Solomon has to say for today. All right, today's the 29th, and I want, I'm like King Louis the Sixth that told his new wife, I won't keep you long. <laughs> Sad, huh? All right, here we go. Proverbs 29. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Stubborn people who repeatedly refuse to accept correction will suddenly be broken and never recover. Again, stubborn people who repeatedly refuse to accept correction 
will suddenly be broken and never recover, King Solomon says. And we've seen that. I witnessed that, you know. People keep pushing the envelope, you know. All right, verse 2. Everyone rejoices when the lovers of God flourish, but the people groan when the wicked rise to power. When you love wisdom, your father is overjoyed, but when you associate with prostitutes, you waste your wealth in exchange for disgrace. And that's so true, folks. How many of us have experienced that? That we go out and party and, and sleep around with people we don't even know. All of a sudden, our wealth is wasted and we have disgrace. Our strength is gone, our power to make money. It is so sad to be in that state. Amen. That's why we need to stay strong, stay away from dangerous people, places and things, invitations, anywhere where there's, there's craziness in our in our in our vision stay away there's plenty of good good moral character building things that we can shift our gears like a meeting like a speaker like helping someone a godly leader who values justice is a great strength and example to the people but the one who sells his influence for money Tears down what is right. Uh, there's so many people that can influence on the wrong path. We need to continually to rejoice and be, and be evident that we have a strong example and strengthen in the program, and people are attracted to us by not by no promoting. But we we emphasize what is right in the community, or in our own lives. Verse 5, flattery can be used as a trap to hide ulterior motives and take advantage of you. Watch out for flattery. We hate flattery in the 12-step program. We can see right through it. Well, we shouldn't, I shouldn't use the word hate, but we can see right through flattery. It just doesn't fit right with us. You know, we've, we flattery our higher power. That's what flattery is made for. Ooh, higher power. You're so awesome and great. You do great things. You, I ask you for a full tank of gas, and you give me a small car with this full tank of gas four hours later. That's the kind of higher power I serve. I'm boasting, guys, but that's the truth. That's what happened. That's documented. Someone gave me a free pickup truck. It takes about 22 gallons, big old Ford truck, to fill it up. At that time, you know, I needed a full tank of gas. I didn't, we were living from, um, anyway, I prayed. I called the wife. I said, wife visiting her parents again. I called her. I said, hey, let's agree with me. I said, let's, I'm praying, believing God that he will fill my gas tank again. You know, like I'll sell something or, or you know, something would happen. In other words, we turn on the belief button. We turn on the, the watchtower that something good is going to happen, guys. And just agree with somebody and look into the future. It's that simple. And sure enough, I get a phone call and the guy says, Hey, my uh, my daughter-in-law just gave me a, a she, she got me a brand new car. And, and come and take this old 90-year-old, it was in the 90s. 
Toyota, four-cylinder, four-speed, no air conditioner. And he, he came to the house and picked me up. He had a full tank of gas. We went to the DMV, actually to the AAA, and exchanged. And voila, I had a full tank of gas, but it wasn't in the truck. It was in this new truck car. You know the story. I called the wife. I told her about it. She goes, oh, yeah, that's nice. And she just kept on going. Then I told her, well, I, I have a full tank of gas, but it's in a different car. What do you mean? I said, Al gave me his old car. And Al's got 38 years in the program. And Al is a great fighter. And he became a teacher of truant kids. And these are shakers and endures of right in the community and they're my friends and they're in the program they're good uh iron sharpens iron type of men that know right from wrong and call call you know a duck a duck and help in the program those are our, our friends those are our allies all right, verse 6, the wicked always have a trap laid for others, but the lovers of God escape as they sing and shout in joyful triumph. That's why it's so important for us to guys to always be singing and shouting in joyous triumph because the, the wicked's traps cannot get on others. The wicked words fall off of us. We are covered with the presence of God when we're singing and praising God. The seekers of God escape, see, so there's a, there's a danger there. The wicked are always laying trap for us, but we sing and shout in joyous triumph. Okay, God has given us the victory because we chose him to do the right thing. God's right people will pour themselves out for the poor, but the ungodly make no attempt to understand or help the needy. Amen. We do things in the meeting room where it's easy and the poor come and they need direction. We're well rested. We're there. What are we doing? We're giving ourselves quality time to the people in the program that need the, the, the new people coming in. Amen. You can't argue with a fool. Remember, it's useless to argue with a fool. Arrogant cynics love to pick fights. But the humble and wise love to pursue peace. You know, it's it's harder to pursue peace. It's easier to to uh, make fun of a fool. But it ain't gonna get you nowhere. And that's what the fool wants. He wants you to uh, to show him. You know, and and to make a scene and to and to and to uh, disrupt the peace in the meeting. Fools are everywhere. We just have to come become wiser and, and more intelligently and praise and talk more about God in the situation and, and say, I don't agree with that person. You know, and um, it's just a drunk, just another drunk in the room of wanting to write a new book. The fools are always trying to write a new book and change the, the wording of the program. The fools are always uh, doing foolish things or saying foolish things so they can eat their shame. They love to wallow in shame. 
There's no use of arguing with a fool, for his ranting and raving prevents you from making a case and setting the argument in a calm way. Okay, there's no use. Remember, arrogant cynics love to pick fights, but the humble and wise love to pursue peace. There's no use arguing with a fool, for his ranting and raving prevents you from making a case and settling the argument in a calm way. Violent men hate those with integrity, but the lovers of God esteem those who are holy. That's why we lure ourselves to people that are holy. But a violent man hates those with integrity. You can recognize fools by the way they give full vent to their rage and let their words fly. But the wise bite their tongue and hold back all they could say. Amen. Just like our, our Lord Jesus did on the cross. We have to do that. It's the toughest thing to do, guys. Bite your tongue. It affects you. You know why a fool affects us so much? And they get, they get us in our, under our skin? Because it's a taste of death. They're wallowing in death. And they give you a taste of death. So right away, you got to shrug it off. you got to sing songs. you got to say, thank you, God, for the fool. Thank you, God. <laughs> and get happy. And remember, no big deals. All is well. They're only making us better with gold. When leaders listen to false accusations, their associates become scoundrels. Number 13, poor people and their oppressors have only one thing in common. God made them both. 14, the best insurance for a leader's longevity is to demonstrate justice for the poor. Experience many corrections and rebukes will make you wise. Excuse me, experiencing many corrections and rebukes will make you wise. But if left to your own ways, you'll bring disgrace to your parents. You know, the in other places of the Proverbs, it says that uh, reproofs and corrections are a way of life. So, hey guys, can a fool be Corrections and rebukes in humility? Can a fool's ranting be, uh, you know, that we hold our tongue and we become wiser? We pray for the person and, and give, give mercy to a person who doesn't receive it and speak the honest truth in love, in, in holding our love. That's how we speak the truth. And our composure. Experiencing many corrections and rebukes will make you wise. But left to your own self, you'll bring disgrace to your parents. You know, our parents, uh, even if they're in heaven, they're watching us. They're looking at us. And we can still make them proud. How do I know this? I hear voices, guys. <laughs> I hear voices from heaven. The Father tells me. When the wicked are in power, lawlessness abounds. But the patience lovers of God will one day watch in triumph. As their strongholds topples. Correct your child one day and you'll find he has changed. He will bring you great delight. Correct your child and one day you will... F Correct your child 
I always said if I always got whipped when I came home with my homework, whipped when I didn't do my homework, whipped when I didn't take and spoken right, instead of uh, smothered love, you know, weak, weak parenthood, I would have been a better person. I would have made more money. How do I know this? Well, I whipped one of my oldest son, and I didn't have a chance to whip my youngest son as as severely as I did the other one, you know, for their disrespectful in the in studies in 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 school and class. And uh, and today, I gotten so many uh, good compliments. You know, and and from the ones that did get a beating, <laughs> and they got there got a lot of love, a lot of love. See what happens when you, when you whip a young boy. I say whip, okay. You use a belt, you use you know a stick. Um, love comes out. Love comes out. If love is gonna come out, it's gonna come out there. I haven't had any experience in a kid saying, I hate you, I hate you. And you know what they say? I love you, I love you, I love you while they're getting hit. Isn't that amazing? I love my life, guys. I love my life. That's the only story I have. So, um, if you say, oh, well, today's kids, look what we have. Then you call agencies to come and correct your child because you were too cowardly to correct your own child in those early days. And now you want, and then you don't want to go with them to the to the classes. You don't want to go sit down there with 12-step program and reward them or make them go and listen to other young kids talk wisdom and talk responsibility. You know, I had a lady call me and tell me, oh, you got to take him. I said, well, you got to come with him and get him by the hand. No, I don't want to go. And you're just, you're just as, uh, and there's a lot of parents like that. They don't have the heart to get up and, and save that kid's life. They'll say, oh, education will save him. Oh, I'll pay for his DUI and I'll take care of him here. Sure enough, the kid's going to get no no squeeze on them. No. Amen. Sorry. I'll get off that. Let's keep going. Verse 19. A stubborn servant can't be corrected by words alone. For even if he understands, he pays no attention to you. Or a stubborn child, for that fact, cannot, cannot be corrected by words alone. Wow. What a coincidence, huh? I didn't know this verse was going to be next. God is with us, and God is holding us by the hand, and God is guiding us. God is our guide. He, that's his grace. He promises to do that if we're willing and obedient and thank him for the corrections and the rebukes and reproofs are the way of life. When we thank him, when things are hitting us and we don't understand him, that's when he comes, that's when we're saying, I love you, God. I love you no matter what happens. I love you. Being corrected by your Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father corrects those He loves. Hello? How? Rebukes, corrections, disciplines. 20. There's only one kind of person who is worse than a fool. 
the impetuous who speak without thinking first. <laughs> There's only a one more person that's worse than a fool. The impetuous one who speaks without thinking. Impetuous, impetuous. What is that word, impetuous? The one that doesn't think before they talk. Okay? The source, if you pamper your servants, if you pamper your children, don't be surprised when they expect to be treated as inheritance and, and wanting all your stuff. If you pamper your children, your grandchildren, don't be surprised when they expect to be treated as heirs and wanting to take all your resources, okay? They need discipline. They need, they need standards, and they need examples. A, a child cannot be left by themselves, like not, compute, not putting the... Uh, the operating system in a computer. And you say, oh, he'll find out. And the computer, there's nothing to enter and there's nothing coming out. Garbage in, garbage out. The 22, the source of strife is found in an angry heart for sin surrounds the life of furious man. The source of strife is found in an angry heart. By the way, this is the Passion Translation. I don't know how I got back over here. Lift yourself up with pride and you will soon be brought low, but a meek and humble spirit will add to your honor. Okay, I'm going to switch over to, uh, oops, wrong one. All right, New Living Translation, 23. Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. Pride ends in humiliation. How many times do we have to be humiliated to stay in the area of humbleness? How many times do I need to be humiliated to, so I can stay in humility? And, and humility brings me honor. If you assist a thief, you only hurt yourself. You are sworn to tell the truth, but you dare not testify. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Trusting the Lord means, I know you just praise and thank God. Keep your sights up into God, not to the neighbors, not to the cop or anybody, not to the bill collectors. Trusting the Lord means safety. Many seek the, seek the ruler's favor, but justice comes from the Lord. Justice comes from the Lord. The righteous despise the unjust, and the wicked despise the godly. See, that's how we, we don't get along with fools. We despise the unjust. We are righteous. That's who we are. The wicked despise the godly. <laughs> what a deal, huh? May God bless you. And let's go ahead and pray out. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.
Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, an alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. At the moment, let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'll be reading uh, August 2nd and the 3rd together. We become willing. Daily Reflections. At the moment, we're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 77. How easily I can become misdirected in approaching the eighth step. I wish to be free, somehow transformed by my sixth and seventh step work. Now, more than ever, I am vulnerable to my own self-interest and hidden agenda. I am careful to remember that self-satisfaction, which sometimes comes through the spoken forgiveness of those I have harmed, is not my true objective. I become willing to make amends, knowing that through these processes, I am mended and made fit to move forward to know and desire God's will for me. Amen. And now to daily reflections for the third. Seeds of faith. Excuse me. The third. Don't want to move over. Oh. I don't know why it doesn't want to move over. Okay, here's the fourth. Seeds of faith. Faith, to be sure, is necessary, but faith alone can avail nothing. We can have faith, yet keep God out of our lives. As a child, I constantly questioned the existence of God to a scientific thinker like me. No answer could withstand a thorough dissection until a very patient woman finally said to me, You must have faith. With that simple statement, the seed of my recovery were sown. Today, as I practice my recovery, cutting back the weeds of alcoholism, slowly I am letting those early seeds of faith grow and bloom. Each day, a recovery of ardent guarding brings the higher power of my understanding more fully into my life. My God has always been with me through faith, but it is my responsibility to have that willingness to accept his presence. I ask God to grant me the willingness to do his will. Amen. Now let's go ahead and do uh, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs for my sponsor, King Solomon. We'll start with uh, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your souls,
Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of uprightness to walk in the way of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their path, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her path lead to the dead. Now, none who go to her return, nor do they regain the path of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the path of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. Proverbs 2, Proverbs 3, excuse me. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with joy, with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gains better than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you ha- you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of the trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. 
Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells in by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just surely as he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Chapter 4, Proverbs, Security and Wisdom. Hear, my children, the instructions of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace a crown of glory she will deliver to you hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many i have taught you in the way of wisdom i have led you in the right path when you walk your steps will not be hindered and when you run you will not stumble take hold of instructions do not let it go Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they do not sleep until they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. Do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart without diligence for out it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your foolish looks right before you and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your feet from evil. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.